your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to this Monday afternoon edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. You can go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. So yes, we are back here with another episode as the Penguins drop game one to the New York Islanders by a score of 4-3 to three in the first overtime. It looked like it was definitely going to go to double overtime, but then, you know, Tristan Jari, round three, round four, whatever you want to call it, happened. I'm going to break down everything that went wrong and went right for the Penguins in this game during this episode, and we will also have a special guest um, for the third segment of this episode. Um, I'm, just, I'm just teasing it out that he's never been on the show before, but um, it does have to do with some sports betting and maybe some bets that you could uh, put some wagers on for tomorrow night's game, but... Let's just get into it right now. Um, right out of the gate, I thought the Penguins played outstanding. Um, you could see Sid really going after, honestly, Sid in his entire line, excuse me, really go after the Islanders with everything they had. Pelic and Polak, which is one of the best defensive uh, pairings in the league, really had no match for them. I think they controlled the Sid line 60% of the expected goals when they were on the ice. Um, you could just see five minutes in, it was like, okay, this, this looks a lot different than 2019. I even tweeted this. I'm like, okay, this was not a level that we saw them reach at all during that 2019 series. And I understand that the Islanders did win this game, but I also did pick the Penguins in six games, everyone. You know, in order for the Penguins to win in six games, they got to lose a game or two. Um, we are going to get to the goaltending in just a sec, but, you know, just to keep talking about Crosby, um, just an outstanding performance from him. I know Rust and Gensel were a little quiet. Gensel, um, in particular, had a very scary moment um, in that first period when Ilya Sorokin, for whatever reason, decided to blatantly trip him um, as he was skating past the net um, as he tried to corral the puck. Um, Sorokin knew the puck was gone, and he just blatantly tripped him. Uh, Gensel went flying into the boards. He was lucky he didn't re-injure his surgically repaired shoulder there. Um, that was kind of a, a low-key dirty play. I'm glad he got a penalty for it. I mean, you could have honestly um, given him a double minor for it or even a major, but that was a dangerous play and something that you don't want to see happen in any hockey game. If that were Tristan Jari that did it or another, another Penguins goalie like Casey DeSmith, um, I would have the exact same reaction. That is a garbage Bush League play that has no place in hockey. I'm just glad that Gensel's okay. Going back to Sid, though, gets his 69th career um, NHL playoff goal, which is a very nice goal with that nice number. Um, that now ties him, I believe, seventh all-time with Brett Hull for the most points in NHL history in the playoffs. One more, he will be seventh all-time by himself, and I think he only needs a few more uh, to be sixth all-time, and I think that would tie Paul Coffey for the sixth most all-time, as I'm just going to um, get the Discord notifications out of here. But yes, yeah, Sid is slowly but surely climbing even higher on the all-time playoff scoring sheet. And he was locked in last night. You know, he, he did everything you wanted him to, especially um, with Evgeny Malkin not playing. And yes, we're going to touch on that later on in this episode. But um, th that's what you want to see from your captain. He's locked in. He's engaged. This week off, it definitely did him some good because he was kind of um, a little inconsistent, I would say, during those last couple weeks of the season. I understand, you know, maybe he was battling a little bit of an injury um, but he looked rejuvenated for this one and, and almost paid off in a big way with the win. And, you know, the Penguins took that 2-1 to one lead going into the third period. 
Um, Freddie Goudreau, another uh, awesome positive development, gets his uh, fourth career playoff goal. That's his fourth career playoff goal in only nine playoff games that he's appeared. Remember, he played all six games um, against the Penguins in 2017 with Nashville, had three goals in those six games. And then now this was game number seven. I think he also played a couple other games during that run. But, you know, he deserves to stay in the lineup this entire series. I know Sorokin didn't have the best angle there. You know, kind of was a little bit of payback for what Tristan Jari did with the first one with Kyle Palmieri. But, you know, Freddie just stayed with the puck. He honestly corralled that puck, I think, in the defensive zone, skated it up the ice, got to the forecheck, had one shot that was blocked, but then got it back and then fired it. Uh, top cheese past Sorokin. Just an awesome all-around goal from Freddie. And I just keep him in the lineup. You know, I know hopefully when Gino comes back, you know, they're obviously going to have a big decision to make. It'll probably be Evan Rodriguez coming out of the lineup. Um, but Goudreau has just been really good. And I'm really excited to see what else he can do in this series. Other positives. I thought Chris Letang was magnificent yesterday. This was one of his finest performances of the season today. Honestly, I think it's one of my top five favorite performances from him this season. Um, defensively, he was absolutely outstanding. There was a two-on-one, I think, in that game where um, he got his stick on the puck, which deflected out of play. Um, I know people are going to harp on him a little bit for the Brock Nelson goal, which made it 3-2 late in the third period, but you know, I'm kind of bl blaming that a little bit on Tristan Jari because that puck can't go in. That's like from 25, 30 feet out. Um, he's in perfect position for it. Um, and, you know, we are going to touch on Jari probably later on in this segment or during the second segment, but um, I thought Latang played that as well as he could. And he was just also very engaged offensively, moving the puck up the ice with authority. They almost, him and Crosby almost had their signature goal where it's that slap pass to Sid's stick. Sid elevates it a little bit, but it hits just the top of his uh, Sorokin's pad and stays out. If Sid elevates it maybe an inch more or a couple more inches, um, that's another goal. And I believe, um, if I'm not mistaken, that would have made it three to one at the time. I, I actually, it might have made it two to one before Sid's goal in the second period. Yeah. So if that would have went in and then Sid would have scored his other one on the second period, it would have been a three, one game. And I don't know if the Islanders are coming back from that one, but yeah, definitely a missed opportunity to the power play. I thought the power play was good yesterday. It just didn't generate the result that you wanted. You know, the first two units especially were great. You know, they had one power play where they're in the zone for the full two minutes, getting some really good quality chances, but Sorokin was right there to make the saves that were needed to be made and then the third one just the power play wasn't there i mean that's just how it is sometimes you're not going to have a good two minutes on every power play that you get but still that played a big part in the penguins not putting the islanders away i understand the goaltending was not that good yesterday but this was a two to one game for most of the second period the penguins led basically that entire period and they had a lot of good quality chances after Crosby made it two to one. There was a two on one, I think, with Sid and Gensel. If Sid has a perfect opportunity to shoot it to make it three to one, he decides to pass it to Gensel. It's like this team has been so bad at two on ones this season. Just shoot the damn puck. I'm sorry if I sound like a full Yinzer in the section 412 or something at PPG Paints Arena where I'm like, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it. But in that instance, just take the damn shot. You don't need to be fancy with these passes. I saw another one um, during the same period. Zach Aston Reese um, has a two-on-one. He's trying a curl drag against the Islanders. It's like, buddy, just fire it on net. You have a, basically a 50-50 shot of it going in. You don't need to be all fancy and just do this curl and drag bullshit. But, you know, I saw this tweeted a couple times during the game, and I'll repeat it here. When a team is down like that and you are outplaying them so badly as the Penguins were doing for the first 40 to 43 minutes of that game, you have to take them out 
fully. If you would have gotten another insurance school there, three to one, four to one, that game is over. I understand Tristan Jari, again, did not have a great game, far from average, but if it's three to one there, they probably continue to play very well in the third period because you saw what happened when Pajot tied the game about, what, four to five minutes in. It deflated the team, and that's when the game turned onto the Islanders' hands where they were getting quality chances. It just it took the air out of the building when the Penguins gave up that goal because Jari was just not on his game. So if that does happen again, and there is a high likelihood that it will, they need to continue to skate and play well. And I know Kasperi Kapanen did have an answer 31 seconds after the Brock Nelson goal, but where was that kind of response after Pajot made it 2-2? Two two? I mean, imagine if Jari didn't give up that third goal to Brock Nelson and Kapanen scores there to make it 3-2. to two. Again, Pittsburgh likely wins that game. And if you go to the money puck tracker, 66% of the time with this, how this game ended up, the Penguins win the game just because of how many chances they had. I mean, I, I go back to what I was tweeting about yesterday. Um, during the game. The Penguins were the better team overall at 5v5 in this game. This was not 2019 all over again. Here, they had 62% of the scoring chances at 5v5. They also led in high danger chances at 5v5, 10 to 6 for that game. And they also had over 50% of the shot attempts, 51% to be frank. And at all situations, I believe it actually goes up to around 53 to 54%. And, you know, for some reason, there's people telling you that um, the goaltending was not the main reason why the Penguins lost. Please, people. I mean, the Penguins lost yesterday because they did not get the saves that they needed from their number one starting goaltender who is making $3.5 per. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Locked on Penguins. I'll see you tomorrow. No, I'm, I'm mainly just missing. Um, I, I do have more to say on Tristan Jari coming up in this next segment. But again, that is why they lost. If he plays average tomorrow night or if he rebounds like the way we have seen him rebound this season, remember everyone, Six goals against him in the third period against New Jersey. Comes back his next few games, only allows one goal in 120 minutes. If that happens again, you know, everyone will just forget about this, and then the Penguins will have a 2-1 series lead going into game four. But let's see if Jari adds it in him. Again, I'm going to touch a little bit more on him and the goals that he gave up in the next segment. But before we do get to that, it's time to talk about something new that we have not talked about on the podcast before, and that is Credit Karma. It's always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help even more. With a Credit Karma Money spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma Money debit card, you can win daily instant karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your instant karma cash will be added back to your spend account Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and you get free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. Right now, go visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. One more time, everyone. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. All right. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So let's get to the big elephant in the room. I know I touched on a little bit in the last segment, and that is Tristan Jari. I am... Let's just say this first. 
I am really sick and tired of people in this fan base bringing up Marc-Andre Fleury and Matt Murray. Shut the hell up already. I'm just, I'm really tired of it. Matt Murray is not here anymore. He did two awesome playoff runs with this team where he was 925 and 937. I know the walls kind of went down a bit in the last couple of seasons that he was here, but you know, we re I don't really need to hear the, oh, wow, looks like Matt Murray was back in that. It looks like Matt Murray was back in 2019. It's just like, you people have Matt Murray so far up your asses because he took Marc-Andre Fleury's job. Again, stop it. And then before I do say anything about Jari with the goals, enough about Marc-Andre Fleury. You know, I know he's having a great season. He's one of my favorite players in the team's history, but they made the right decision at the time to move on from him. I will die on that hill and you should as well. So please stop bringing him up. But back to the goals that Jari allowed, at least three of those can't happen. That first one from Kyle Palmieri, uh, basically a floater from 30, 35 feet. Pet Pedersen is playing that the best he could. And it just goes high glove for whatever reason. It's like, Tristan, that is a save that probably a college goaltender makes. I really don't understand how that goes in. Um, again, it can't happen. I know the Penguins were able to respond to make it uh, two to one shortly thereafter with Freddie Goudreau tying it and then Crosby making it two one early in the second period. But that is a goal that just cannot go in. If he makes that save there, Pittsburgh is potentially up two nothing after that, and then it's an even steeper hill for the Islanders to climb the rest of the way. And then the second goal, the Penguins are actually playing some really good team defense earlier on in the third period. You know, they're, they're honestly stacking the blue line a bit, doing a little bit of a 1-3-1 is what I've noticed. And they also did a little bit of their 1-2-2, which is what they do when they're leading. And Jari, instant, innocent wrister from Jean-Gabriel Pajot. I believe CeCe is playing the puck there, but he didn't really need to get a stuck on puck there because you're just trusting your goalie to make that save. Again, 35 feet down or something like that goes high glove, top cheese for whatever reason. It's like that is an innocent looking wrist shot. It is not good enough. Both of those goals have to be saved. I mean, that's just point blank. That is how it should be. I understand a lot of people were concerned going into the playoffs about the team's goaltending. And you know, I went on Chad and Eddie's show on 412 Sports Talk and said, if the Penguins get the level that we saw from Jari early on in the season, there is going to be a major problem. And that is exactly what we saw in this game was that Jari reverted back to early season form and not the Tristan Jari that we saw from mid-February onward because he was actually very fucking good down the stretch. I mean, him and Casey DeSmith from around mid-February to mid-April had the number one all situations cumulative save percentage in the NHL. Yes, everyone, that is actually true and actually happened. I have said this before. I will say this again. All the Penguins need is league average goaltending and the rest of their roster will do what needs to be done. You saw it yesterday. They were outplaying the Islanders so goddamn bad for the first 40 to 43 minutes. I mean, the Islanders only had six high danger chances overall and almost 80 minutes played. I mean, through the third, going into the third period, I believe the Islanders only had three to four high danger chances. I mean, that was how good the Penguins were playing defensively. It was a stark contrast from what we saw in 2019. But again, that second goal from Pajot just deflated them. And then that third goal from Brock Nelson. I know, like I said, people were harping on Latang, but that needs to be stopped. That's another innocent looking shot from 35 feet out or 25, 30 feet. And Jari gets a little bit of a piece of it, but not enough. And then the fourth one, I mean, I don't even know how he allows a little bit of room up there. Sure, it was a perfect shot from Kyle Palmieri, who of course has two goals in this game after only scoring two goals in 17 games for the Islanders. But again, that's another one that needs to be stopped. And 
I will say is, again, he flat out, Tristan Jari, that is, lost the game for the Penguins yesterday. That was the main reason why they lost. If he rebounds on Tuesday, which I do think he will, and they win the game, let's say 4-1 or something, 3-2, whatever, 3-1, you know, I think a lot will be forgiven. It'll be 1-1 going back to Nassau. That's fine. You know, this was always going to be a long series. I said it from the start. I had pens in six, but I probably honestly put it at a 50-50 shot that it would go seven games. So everyone just needs to strap themselves in and get ready for a wild ride because that is what this series is going to be. The Islanders are not just going to roll over and die and let you just sweep them. I mean, this is a very good team with a lot of playoff experience. So we'll see what happens tomorrow night. I expect the Penguins to bounce back in that game. I mean, I have Penguins in six, so I mean, they've got to start winning um, one now. And this is as close to a must-win game as you can get. Um, also, before we do get to the commercial break, Evgeny Malkin back on the ice today, but I will get old takes exposed for this one. Um, I'm not sure if he's playing in this series, everyone. I mean, I said before the series that I thought he would be available, um, but, you know, I know he's battling a bit of an injury right now. I understand that, but, you know, buddy, the, the, the team needs you. I mean, he's obviously not 100%, but he's going to have to start suiting up here uh, sooner rather than later. I'm hoping it's tomorrow night, but he didn't take line rushes again at practice today, so I think Sullivan might be holding him out. Again, Brian Dumoulin was also not at practice today. Uh, Sullivan said it is a maintenance day, so I expect him to be in the lineup tomorrow night. But yeah, I mean, they got to get Gino back ASAP. I mean, I know his knee, like I, like I said again, is not 100%, but you know, a lot of players are not 100% in the playoffs right now. That's just how it is. He needs to come back if the Penguins uh, want a real shot at coming back here in this series, as well as the goaltending actually turning itself around. And finally, just some other quick thoughts before we do get to the commercial break and welcome on our special guest, Mike Matheson. The, the, the chaos experience was back for him on Sunday, that's for sure. Um, seeing Matt Barzell go up against him one-on-one -on -one just made my heart stop. Um, another play in overtime, I think, where Pajot took the puck from him. Um, he's just trying to be too cute with the puck, and it's just like, you know, that's bad Mike Matheson for you. You know, I know he was good before he got hurt um, for the last four to six weeks, but that was not the level that we wanted to see for Matheson. Loved the play from the Ashton Reese Blue Gertanev line. I mean, they're just going to continue to crush it with all the minutes that they get. I thought Rodriguez was fine with his comeback. I did think Carter and McCann were uncharacteristically quiet. I don't think you're going to see that in game two. Carter was actually close to winning the game in overtime, got kind of split through the defense a little bit and was able to get a shot on goal from about 10, 15 feet out. That did not end up going in just a couple minutes before Paul Mary won it. And yes, Kasperi captain gets his first playoff goal with the Penguins. Um, as Danny Shirey Irving says, he is the, probably the most opportunistic player on this Penguins roster because not 30 seconds after uh, Brock Nelson scores to make it three to two, Kapanen comes back the other way. Carter does a great job of backing the defense off of Kapanen. And then he just snipes it uh, far side post and awesome goal there. But again, I expect a bounce back from this team tomorrow. They've been resilient all season. And from the level that of play that we saw from the first two periods from yesterday, I do believe that they can do that for a full 60 minutes on Tuesday. And remember, 50% capacity at PBG Paints Arena for that game and the rest of the playoffs should they advance. Okay, but before we do get to our next segment, it's time to talk about a couple things. One of them being Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors? And when you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. Coconut, coconut, almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salty caramel. Know what my favorite flavor is? Of course, it's the peanut butter brownie. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy. Too. 
Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and only four grams of net carbs. A couple of the others have 18 grams of protein, just 180 calories, and just five grams of sugar and five grams of net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And of course, we cannot forget about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or phone and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. You can head to the website to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts with the promo code locked on all right welcome back to this monday afternoon episode of the locked on penguins podcast i'm your host hunter hodes as always remember to follow me on twitter at hunter hodes follow the show's twitter at lo underscore penguins um as promised i did tease a surprise guest for this third segment he has never been on the show before i don't think i've ever talked about this a lot on my show before but i have andy mcneil here from vsin live for sports betting um usually uh, he does cover NHL betting for VSIN Live. Andy, how you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm excited to talk a little bit about the Islanders and the Penguins here. Uh, I've, uh, I've, you know, I, I don't have any allegiance in this series, <laughs> and I, I don't have a dog in the fight as things stand from a, a betting perspective. But um, I am a big Sidney Crosby fan, originally uh, being from Nova Scotia, and uh, have followed his career. Um, you know. We're we're only a, a few weeks apart in in age. Uh, he, I, think, I believe he was born a, a couple of weeks before me. I grew up uh, roughly about five hours away from him, uh, and, and and knew of him when I was eleven years old, and he was you know eleven or twelve. Um, so I've I've followed his career all along, and and it's been uh, you know just just amazing to watch him uh, do the things that he's done. He's basically you know he he was a prodigy that's fulfilled every prophecy uh, from the Olympics to the the, the NHL. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, I'm a big, I'm a big Sidney Crosby fan, if nothing else. That's what we like to hear. You know, I know there's a lot of people that don't like Sidney Crosby for various reasons, but you know, someone, as you said, he's from Nova Scotia. You know what? Can yeah. I, can Go I, I, I know he had that whiner rap, uh, yeah. uh, you know, early on in his career and maybe that still sticks with some people, but, uh, from, from my perspective and actually knowing some mutual friends, uh, some friends of friends that, that were very close to Crosby, um, the stuff that, that he had to deal with as a, a young superstar in Nova Scotia, in, you know, Canada in general, um, you know, dealing with the, the, the opposing, uh, some, some pretty vicious stuff from opposing teams and opposing parents, even, uh, as a youngster, um, you know, it's, it's no, it's no wonder why he, he was the way he was and a little bit of a, with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, uh, when he, when he got to the NHL, because, you know, things, people may look at him as somebody that, uh, maybe had an easy road and just being so gifted, but he had to, you know, really scratch and claw to get where he's at today. So I, I don't think there's a, a lot of understanding uh, as far as, you know, just, just knowing where Sidney Crosby comes from. Yeah. I mean, it, it all started his rookie season too, when Ken Hitchcock got mad because, you know, Darian Hatcher basically slashed his teeth out. And then, yeah, the, I, I, I scored, remember that scored the OT winner right there, right there too. Um, if I were said, I honestly just would have, um, when I skated over to Ken Hitchcock and gave him a nice, um, well, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to say what I would have done, but uh, everyone probably <laughs> knows um, what I, what I would have done if I were him. But 
Um, in terms of some betting, Andy, um, this series, you know, I expected it to be long. Um, I picked the Penguins to win in six games. Um, I, obviously, the Islanders took game one. Um, are there any trends that are going right now? I mean, especially if Evgeny Malkin comes back, like, do we know what the line is going to be potentially? Or um, just in terms of goaltending, too, just because Tristan Jari was really um, obviously not that good yesterday. Yeah, so um, that was my big concern for as far as the Penguins uh, heading into the series. And now, you know, not to knock Jari, I mean, he's he's had a, a tough go here uh, transitioning into the starter's role. Um, you know, never really being given the green light. Uh, you know, even in even last year, not being given that first start uh, against Montreal was was pretty surprising, given that that Murray was really on the decline at that point. Um, you know, but heading into this season, I was definitely you know. Uh, had some questions about Jerry and I'm not convinced that he's a, a true number one goaltender uh, right now. And I mean, I don't think I'm shocking anybody to say that, that DeSmith was arguably the better goaltender this season. Yeah. DeSmith was, I think that's definitely a, a weird one among Penns fans. At least, I mean, Jari was good down the stretch. I mean, he had a couple months where he was right around 9, but DeSmith, um, he was also playing some really good hockey. I remember when I was looking um, just at some stats from mid-February to early um, to mid-April, excuse me, I talked about this earlier on the episode. They had the best cumulative team save percentage in the league. So um, yeah. if they were healthy, you couldn't have gone wrong. I understand why they went with Jari because $3.5 million per, you pay him to be your starter. Um, and I do think there would be a big controversy if DeSmith was healthy, but I think they probably will have to go back to Jari for game two and rightfully so they want him to bounce back. Yeah. And I, I don't, I wasn't surprised that, that, that Jerry got the start in game one. I, I had expected that. I mean, he's, he's the guy there. Um, I, I'm just, you know, stating how I feel about it yeah. as from a, from a, a probability standpoint, I think the Smith has given them a better opportunity to get a lot of wins here uh, throughout the season. Um, but, you know, overall it's, it's, it's tough because goaltending goes to the Islanders uh, they've got Varlamov and they've got Sorokin or Sorkin. Um, and, you know, it was a surprise yesterday to yeah. see Varlamov. I know he was dealing with something, but uh, for Ilya Sorkin to come in and get a win uh, and give Varlamov that extra that extra rest that he apparently needs, um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Do they stick with Sorkin? I, I kind of think they probably go back to Varlamov uh, here. It's a good opportunity to get him in and, and you know, get get a, get the, the, a big-time upper hand on the Penguins here. Um, coming into the series, I, I, I had forecasted, I had handicapped this, um, you know, with these thoughts in mind, uh, I guess these assumptions, um, based on the data and the things that we've seen from the season series, because although the Penguins did own the season series on the surface level, you know, wins and goals and things like that, um, the underlying metrics were, were pretty, pretty even. I mean, shots and chances, expected goals, yep. things like that. We're all sitting around 50%. So, you know. For the most part, these two teams are, are, you know, playing some really tight hockey games against one another, and it, it's been a, a shooting and a saving thing. Um, so, you know, heading into this series, I expect the Islanders to get uh, more saves, uh, assuming that the two teams are kind of even in shots. Uh, but, um, you know, Pittsburgh, they have so much skill, and, and no nobody on the Islanders outside of Barzell can really match up to what the Penguins bring uh, offensively. So, I mean, that in and of itself is a reason there to make the Penguins a favorite. And I did make them a favorite uh, yeah. with a roughly 54% chance to win. Oh, wow. um, and that was really right what I, what I, you know, about what we saw 
being offered from sports books. So um, at the end of the day, I actually did consider betting the Islanders yesterday, but um, you know, when, when Malkin was announced out and Sorokin came in, uh, that was, I didn't really like that trade off. If it had been Varlamov, I, I probably would have, would have backed the Islanders as an underdog. Um, but I, I agree with your assessment of this series. I mean, I, I think it's going to go long, even, even with the Islanders uh, getting the upper hand early here and, and coming out with that first win. Um, this is, you know, in all likelihood, a six or a seven game series. Um, these two teams are just, just too, too closely matched uh, for any one team to run away with it. Um, unless, you know, the other team is, is really unlucky. Yeah. You know, unless, you know, like, like we saw yesterday, Pittsburgh's goaltending continues to be like that bad. Then, you know, this could be um, a shorter series though. Like I said um, earlier on this episode, when Jari gave up a six spot um, to New Jersey uh, in late April, he came back with two performances right after that and only gave up one goal in 120 minutes. So um, he's just Jekyll and Hyde. He goes back and forth. Um, again, I think it's more maybe more likely that he does bounce back tomorrow. But I also agree with your assessment um, that you know, like it is going to be close. And you know, with the bets, it's just I don't know. You know, I don't obviously don't have as much experience. You know, with betting, I'm sure you know some of the listeners um, do not either. Do you have any like great tips for people like um, trying to get into um, betting for the first time, especially in a series like this, which is just so tight with both between these two teams? Yeah, well, you know what? I think it, for the most part, if, if people are, are just looking for some entertainment, um, there's obviously some bets that they can make at, at, at pretty long odds, things like first goal scorer mm-hmm. uh, and, and stuff like that. That's, that's, you know, I guess you could say those are fun bets to make um, that you won't win very often because they're, the, the odds are long for a reason. They, they represent the underlying probability. So, um, you know, if, if you're picking Sidney Crosby to score the first goal, um, you know, the reason you're getting eight to one or seven to one is, is because that kind of re- reflects his chances of doing so. I mean, there are a lot of players that's good, could score the first goal. Um, but, it, but in general, I, I think um, the playoffs are, are, are a time when people want to, to explore in-game wagering uh, and live betting um, because, you know, as, as, as you know, uh, score effects are a real thing in the NHL. Uh, when teams get up by a couple of goals, they tend to sit back, they go into a defensive shell, yeah. uh, you know, maybe sacrifice some of their offensive opportunities in order to try and protect that league and our lead, sorry. And uh, that, that, you know, I, I believe it, it's even, uh, you know, uh, it, it increases, it, get, it becomes even more of a problem for teams in the playoffs because everything, there's so much at stake. Uh, you know, if a team is able to get up by a, a couple of goals, um, the incentive to just really try to lock things down and, and hold that lead is there. Um, even more so than it is in the regular season, um, and that 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 opens things up for the other team. So um, I know we saw several lead changes yesterday in the Islanders and Penguins game, um, and that creates an opportunity to kind of trade prices or you know take your pick at, at, of a team at longer odds um, throughout the course of a game because you know if a team goes down, their odds of winning the game are obviously decreasing, yeah. which increases the payout. Um, but as we know, we've seen it time and time again in these playoffs. Um, these teams aren't going to quit. I, I mean, there's no reason. I mean, you know, it, there's no reason to quit in any given game, uh, no matter what the, the situation of the series is, um, because there's we've seen so many um, just just absolutely 
insane uh, happenings here in these these last num- number of years. And even in this regular season, how many times have we seen teams battle back from you know three goal deficits in the final minutes with the goalie pulled? It's happened. And uh, you know, being on the right side of those wagers is there's probably nothing more fun than that. So you know, that's where I would I would dip my toes into if I was uh, looking to get into some of the the playoff hockey fun. Because admittedly, I think overall the prices that we see heading into each game are, are pretty sharp. They're pretty accurate uh, as far as the odds go because the, the the sports books and the odds makers have a ton of information to go off of. You know, with the regular season wrapped up and these teams playing each other so many times. Uh, that that they're very confident in their pricing right now, and I would say that most of the people, um, you know, betting large amounts of money are, are also pretty confident too. Yeah, um, you know, now now Andy's making me want to put some wagers down for uh, a couple of these games moving forward. Is, is there anything you're looking to uh, for game two tomorrow in Pittsburgh? Um, don't really know the status with Evgeny Malkin. They say he's a game time decision. I personally don't think he's going to play again. He did not take line rushes today. Um, does Varlamov play? Barry Trot said he's getting close. Um, is there anything you know, big or small, just with prop bets or whatever, just with betting in general that you're looking forward to with tomorrow's game? So, on 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 in in terms of the big picture, uh, like uh, you know, who's going to win the game, and that's essentially the question you're trying to answer uh, when uh, you know betting into the money line. But you know, here's the thing: I think Pittsburgh's going to win the game more often than not, regardless of whether or not uh, Malkin is in uh, the lineup or 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 whether he's not, but um, obviously their chances increase if he's in there. But let's let's assume that you're correct, and I think you probably are correct here, uh, given that he didn't take line rushes and it doesn't look like he's all that close to coming back. Um, you know, I, I, I think what we could see here is a, a big move uh, towards the Penguins at some point, assuming Varlamov doesn't come back, because there is going to be that um, sediment out in the market amongst sports bettors that, you know, this is going to be a bounce back game from the Penguins. And, you know, the Penguins did get the better of the scoring chances in game one. So people will probably assume that that will be the case here in in game number two. And now, you know, just as much as I would like to buy into that too, I think there is a case for, uh, you know, the Islanders playing a a tighter game as well, just because they got a lucky win, let's say, or uh, maybe a fortunate win yesterday. It really could have went either way. Um, that doesn't mean that they can't clean things up as well, right? So um, for me, I, I'm you know I'm I'm probably not going to get there on Pittsburgh because at this point you've got to lay a dollar thirty-two to win a dollar, uh, and that's without Evgeny Malkin. If Malkin comes back, you're probably looking at laying uh, or risking a dollar forty-five or a dollar fifty to win a dollar, which <laughs> you know on the other side of that means you can bet a dollar to win a dollar thirty on the New York Islanders to win the game. Uh, and and I feel that's a much uh, more comfortable position to be in, um, you know, standing where I'm standing uh, objectively. I think um, now, uh, if if you're a Penguins fan and you're looking to uh, you know bet with your heart a little bit, um, like I said, I w- I would look for that opportunity to, ju- to jump in, assuming you know if if the Penguins do trail at any point in game number two, I would look for. Uh, an opportunity to you know jump in at that point and and maybe hope for a comeback and and a bigger payout. Yeah, you know th- th- those are, all those are very well said. You know I'm honestly c- kind of thinking about maybe putting some money down on a Jeff Carter goal tomorrow just because he's shown up a lot or even um, Sid potentially because he scored yesterday um, with how he played as well. Um, I think he has at least another one coming, but probably a lot more knowing um, that it is Sidney Crosby. But before I do let you go here. Andy, um, there are some more series getting started tonight. Um, Carolina, Nashville, um, Carolina 
definitely, I think, is the big betting favorite in this series. Um, they're the favorite overall when you look at picks and just like hurricanes and fire or whatever. And then there's also game two with Boston, Washington. Um, um, I may be wrong, but has the money shifted to Boston because Craig Anderson is starting tonight against them? And then as for Carolina, um, I, I'm just curious just to know where like the money is with that series. I'm assuming a lot of it is on the Hurricanes, um, but just wanted to hear your input. So everything depends on the price, and that's you know, and I think there's no better um, example of that today than, than Nashville and Carolina, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't looking to get behind uh, the Hurricanes. I do have them as a, a pretty hefty favorite here in the ser- series, um, looking at uh, a, a roughly a 73% chance of winning. Uh, which matches up a little, pretty well with the series odds that are that are offered over there at DraftKings, um, but Nashville or Carolina, sorry, opened minus one eighty five on the money line, and, and bets have come in on Nashville that that's pushed that down all the way to minus one sixty. So you know, before you had to lay a dollar eighty five to win a dollar on the Hurricanes, now you can get away with laying a dollar sixty to win a dollar, um, and, and you know, contrary uh, the the Predators. Uh, at open when this game was was offered up by odds makers at the start, uh, they were being offered at plus one sixty, so bet a dollar to win a dollar sixty. Now mm-hmm. they're down to about a dollar forty five. So, um, you know, there has been some some money and some action coming in on on the predators, and I would say that would you know that whoever was uh, able to move the the entire market uh, definitely either you know put a significant amount of money down on this game or they are very respected and and their opinion matters to those that have the ability to shift the odds um but i i felt that it was it was too big of a move and and at that point when it came from minus 185 all the way down to minus 160 i jumped in on the hurricanes at that point and and it's a smaller wager than i'd like to have i'd like to have a bigger stake here but um i i do think i would like to see a shorter price maybe minus 150 i'm pretty sensitive when it comes to that it's like shopping for me i'm looking for you know the best odds that i can obtain um and and, you know, so so I've got a little bit of a stake in the Hurricanes. I think I'm a little bit concerned, though, Saros, I, I, although I, I do think Nindelkovic is going to get the start. Um, Saros has been great down the stretch, and, and the Predators have really poured it on as of late. So a little bit of, of concern there for sure. But as far as Boston and Washington goes, I, I took a big loss on the Bruins' money line in Game 1. I was really yeah. disappointed with their effort early in the game, but... You know, as things went on, I, I thought they really found themselves in the second and third period, and in, in overtime, um, it was. I thought there, you know, some. It was. It was really unfortunate the way things kind of uh, played out in terms of how the goals were scored. And I think if we were to play that game over, Boston would come away with the win more often than not. Um, going to need them to really test Craig Anderson, assuming he does get the start here. Uh, but you're right. Uh, there definitely has been a shift uh, in the odds. Going from Vitek Vanacek, who I don't think is necessarily a, a number one NHL goaltender, to Craig Anderson, who I am almost positive is not a number one NHL <laughs> goaltender anymore and hasn't been for quite some time. Um, but yeah, so there, there's definitely been a shift. The Bruins money line odds were roughly around minus 130 to my, or minus 125 to minus 130 in the first game. And now we're seeing anywhere from minus 135 to, to minus 140. So you're, uh, you're definitely um, correct on your assessment there. Yeah, and Boston, I think, came into that series as a favorite anyway. They were playing some really good hockey. Um, and overtime is, honestly, you flip a coin. That basically is what overtime oh, is. Totally, it, totally, it's the yeah. first team that scores. A lot of it is luck-based because, you know, your goalies have to make some saves. Sometimes you hit a lot of posts. 
um, that's just that's how it is a lot of times. So just I, I just you brought up something that I find interesting, and I always you know I think it's a great way to to maybe understand some of these markets and different mm-hmm. prop bets and things like that. Um, the the luck factor and 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 when you mess with the sample size and essentially what we're doing with a period is you know you're you're slicing the game down to to three periods and the overtime is you know comparable to one period obviously but when you when you mess with the sample size like that we're taking you know we can look at it over the course of a 60 minute game but then you 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 bring it down to 20 minutes and say here next goal wins uh you know it really it really does increase the luck factor and then when you're looking through uh to, for bets to make uh, on a particular on a sports book you'll see um you know you'll see series bets and you'll see just game bets you'll see period bets and the one thing that you'll notice is a favorite will have a much better chance of winning the series than they will have in a single game because it's a lot easier to win four of seven than it is to just win one game because there's a lot of luck involved in one single game. Uh, and, and the same goes for the period as well. So you'll look at a, a maybe a period money line because you can actually bet, uh, let's say I want to, I want to bet the penguins to win the first period uh, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, the price that you will, the price that you pay will typically be less than that of a full game because like i said it's, it's a little bit easier to luck out and win a period than it is uh to win a full game right so mm-hmm. um, that's something to kind of help people understand just just what they're looking at and maybe you know to, to caution them against uh seeing oh i can bet i, I can bet a dollar 10 to win a dollar on the first period but i've got to bet a dollar 25 to win a dollar on the full game well that's why because you know there is that extra yeah. added factor of, of luck there yeah, that's you bring up a really good point there. You know, these are all, all going to help me as I start. I think getting a little more into this. Um, just real quickly here, I know I said I was going to let you go, but just real quick here, Andy. Um, this Colorado St. Louis series is getting ready to start too. Um, I read a couple previews, especially Dom's one in the Athletic, where Colorado was eighty-eight percent as a favorite. Um, what is the betting line like in that series? Because I got to assume it is all aboard the Avs bandwagon right now. Yeah, it, yeah, it's, I mean, I'm sure there are people out there that are uh, betting some lunch money on, on the, the, the St. Louis Blues just for the hell of it, <laughs> uh, yeah. because, you know, why not? But, um, you know, heading into the series, I you know, it opened around minus 400, so you, you'd have to bet $4 to win a dollar on the Avalanche to win the series. Um, and just like I talked about a minute ago, uh, the series line right now is minus 455, so you'd have to bet you know, four dollars and fifty-five cents to win a dollar oh if you God. wanted to, to bet on the Avalanche to win the series. Um, and as far as the game, it's much lower than that, obviously, because mm. it's easier for the Blues to luck out and win one game than it is to win four out of seven. Uh, but the, the Avalanche are carrying a, a shorter price, a minus three thirty-five uh, into that game. Um, I've got them winning the series eighty-three percent of the time, so a little bit lower than than where Dom is at, and and a little bit lower than mm-hmm. uh, where the market's at right now. Um, mm-hmm. But but that's a little bit higher than minus four hundred. So actually, I, I believe um, I believe I'll just check here really quick. Uh, and I think Perron is out. Yeah, for minus right minus four eighty-eight is what I believe the odds should be. Uh, you know, St. Louis only gets this done if they really get St. Uh, Colorado off of their game and and you know mix it up with that physical brand of hockey. And I, I do I do wonder about uh, players like Nazim Kadri and, and Nathan McKinnon. And and I mean those are great players, but I mean you know can you knock them off your game off their game long enough to 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 you know 
get the gain the upper hand in the series and, and maybe uh, make them start second guessing themselves. Uh, I think Colorado is one of the best teams in the last 10 years, but look, the lightning were, 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 were ousted in four games just a couple of years ago. So, so there's always a chance we can't write anybody off yeah. in the NHL. They, they need a lot to go right. The blues that is to win that one. Jordan Bennington basically needs to be God and they got to somehow stop the, um, the, that they can, the, the Avalanche can roll out their super line of McKinnon, Landis, Gog, and Rantanen, and then uh, Kel McCarr and Devon Taves, and good luck, yeah, getting the puck, good luck getting the puck off those five players. <laughs> There's not a question of, of you know who is the better team or who's yeah. you know who's the more skilled team here. It's 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 without a doubt it's Colorado. They do mm-hmm. everything everything that the Blues don't do well. Colorado is the best at. So it's you know, a terrible matchup for St. Louis, but. Uh, right, seventeen percent or fifteen percent, twelve percent—that's not zero, right? So, uh, yeah. pretty much, you know, I, I haven't seen anybody out there that ha- that have said the Blues have a zero percent chance of winning the series. So, I mean, that's that's where I'm at, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, anything can happen, especially in a small sample size. We've seen it so many times. Um, that is why this sport, um, you know, the best team doesn't always win in this sport as nope. compared to other sports, but. Um, Andy, I really appreciate you coming on uh, for this segment. You know, taught me a lot about betting, and I'm sure taught a lot of the listeners Hope so. about um, betting as well. Where can everyone find your work and find you on Twitter? Well, you guys can follow me at Digital Gambler on Twitter, and uh, of course, um, you know, check out Beeson. We're on iHeartRadio, and, and you know, I believe there's a free player uh, on the, the 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 website that that people can check out the network and listen. It's the first 24/7 sports betting. Uh, network uh, of its kind and and there's a lot of great stuff over there um but yeah no i i mean i'm, I'm hoping to uh be found in a lot more places in the future <laughs> yeah and i'll definitely hopefully have you on here um at some point down the road especially if the penguins are still planning to see how they stack up potentially um against the boston ruins as i think a lot of people want to see that matchup um for both teams coming out of the east but both teams sure. of course trail uh one to zero right now in their respective series again andy thank you so much for coming on we'll have another episode Tomorrow, either right before the game or right after game two, as the Penguins look to try to even up the series before going to the Nassau Coliseum on Long Island. But that'll do it for this one. Talk to you all tomorrow.